Hallelujah. Come on, church, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Someone say, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, the cross, what you've done, it's more than enough. It's more than enough. You might be here and you're like, thank you, oh, the cross, the blood, what, what are they doing? I just came here because my grandma said I got to come and watch my cousin get baptized. What are they talking about? Let me tell you. Oh, the cross. The cross is why everyone in this room has access to God. The cross is why even though I still sin and I still make mistakes, the cross is why I can still come to God and He hears me. The cross is why when I call out to God, He says, I'm listening. When I say, God, would you provide for me? He says, I'm Jehovah your provider. When I say, God, could you heal me? He says, I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer because of the cross. What does that mean? Listen, y'all know God wrote the Word, right? We got the Word spoken by God, written by men. We got the Word of God. And in the Word of God, we see how we're supposed to live. And I say supposed to because none of us are doing it all right. No one. You're not. Look at your neighbor. They ain't. Come on. No one looked. You scared of them? They ain't doing it all right. I'm not doing it all. I have not had a perfect week yet. I'm hoping next week's the one. Just really, really hoping. I'm praying that next week's that, that perfect week. Right? <clears throat> but I ain't yet but we still hold up the Word of God, right? And we're like, this is how we ought to live our lives. Now, occasionally what will happen is in the world, people will look at a Christian who holds up the Word of God and says, this is how we're supposed to live. But then they see that that in, in an area of our lives, we still sin or we still fall short and make a mistake. And then they'll look at us and they'll be like, hypocrite, right? Can I tell you, you're not a hypocrite for making a mistake. You know what a hypocrite is in the Word of God? A hypocrite is not someone who holds up the Word and makes a mistake. A hypocrite is someone who holds up the Word and says, this is how I am living and I am ticking all of the boxes. And then does something wrong. That's a hypocrite. A hypocrite isn't someone who's just pointing at it going, This is how I ought to live. Lord, help me live like this. Help me live like this. What am I talking about? Listen, the Word of God is the goal. It's the goal. And you know what? Just because you didn't get 100% in your last test doesn't mean you should have stopped studying and not even tried. Right? Right. Just because somebody weighed 500 pounds and and they're aiming to weigh 300 pounds and right now they weigh 400 pounds, they're not a hypocrite because they're not 300 pounds yet. They're on a journey. Hello? They're on a journey. And each and every one of us are on a journey 
toward becoming more like Christ, more how He has designed us to live our lives. But then on the way, we still make mistakes and we still do wrong things. And that's what the cross is all about. The grace of God and the cross paid the price for our sin. The grace of God and the cross and the blood of Jesus poured out for us, paid the price for what we did wrong. So that while we're aiming for the Word of God, while we're aiming to be like this, but we struggle on the journey, God's grace and the power of the cross sustain our salvation. And because of God's grace, when I'm sick, but not perfect, I can call out to God and say, God, would you heal me? And He says, I am Jehovah Rapha. Because of my grace poured out for you, I will heal you. When we call out to God and say, my marriage, my family, my business, my finances, my life is is broken. God says, hey, you're not perfect, but I paid the price for your sin. My grace sustains your salvation. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. I'll provide for you. When you call, I answer. When you pray, I hear you. Even though we're not perfect yet. It's God's grace. God's grace is how God says that right now, even though we aren't there yet, I love you. Even though we aren't there yet, I hear you. Even though we aren't there yet, I respond to you. Even though we aren't there yet, I'm going to help you. And I'm going to help you get there. Amen. That's why we say thank you. That's why we say it. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that even though I ain't ever had a perfect week, you still use me. That even though I haven't had a perfect week, you still hear me, receive me, welcome me, help me, respond to me. God, thank you. Thank you. God's good, amen. See, we're singing it is finished and you need to know that. Some of y'all come here today and you think, oh man, because I messed up, God ain't hearing me anymore. No, listen, he's hearing you. Now he's not there saying, you know what I love? There, there was this hooker that was caught hooking and, uh, and Jesus is like, hey, you know what? Like, hey, you know what? Um, I don't condemn you. And I love that. And then he goes, and, and, but stop hooking. And, and you messed up. And you know what God says? He goes, hey, I don't condemn you, but, but stop that. But I'm still listening. And if you mess up again, hey man, I don't condemn you. I love you. I'm going to help you stop that. You're going to let me help you? You hear what I'm saying? He loves you so much. I think right now we need to spend a moment and see if there's anyone in the room that's away from God that needs to give their life back to Christ today. See, what we've just done just then before I get to my sermon is we've presented to you the gospel, which is God's got a great life for you. And if you line your life up with His Word, every area of your life, that you line up with God's ways and God's word, you'll find favor 
and you'll find it's better His way than it is your way. Every area of your life. But the gospel is also this, that while you make mistakes, while you are still, as Scripture says, dead in your sin, Christ died on the cross for you, that you may not perish but have eternal life if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of your life. And so right now I'm going to give you an opportunity to give Jesus Christ your life, to make Him Lord of your life, to receive His grace and to begin to to chase after God's ways and all that He has for you. So we're going to do that by doing what Scripture says, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. So I want you all to repeat after me as I pray and believe it in your heart. I'm going to ask everyone in the room to pray this prayer together, please so that those who are here for the first time or those who are praying this prayer for the first time, so that they're not alone. We're all going to pray it together. Sound good? And I'm especially telling you, if you're away from God, if you don't have a relationship with God, or if you've walked away from God, then you need to pray this prayer. You need to mean it in your heart because this is going to change your life. Amen. Maybe you came here to watch a baptism. Well, awesome. But now it's time for you to experience salvation. Amen. So everybody in the room, from the front to the back, from the right to the left, on the stage and in the media booth, everybody repeat after me. Dear God, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross for my sin and He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace and eternal life. I receive all of that and I receive this new life with you as my Lord and my Savior and I receive your forgiveness for my sin, the stuff I've done wrong and I ask for your help to turn away from my sin and the shame and pain of it and help me to live my life the way you designed it that I could become all you call me to be. I give you my life. I ask for your help to live it. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Come on, that's a good prayer. Man, it is so good to be in church today, isn't it? If you prayed that prayer for the first time or for the first time in a long time today, uh, uh, there's just three things that I want you to do. You can do them now, you can do them after the service, but three things that I need you to do, not I need, there's three things you need to do before this day is over, okay? Number one, if you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Christ today, you need to tell somebody that you did that, all right? (laughs) Don't let the devil uh, make you afraid. Don't deny God before men. Just speak it out and tell somebody. I gave my life to Christ today. You watch as I line my life up with the Word of God. I'm going to start living a life you never thought I could. You need to tell somebody today. Maybe throw it up on Instagram or Twitter or or, or YouTube. And it might get deleted because it's truth. But you should throw it up there anyway, all right? Come on. Throw that up there. Tell somebody what God's doing in your life today. Number two, I want you to tell Eternity Church. I want you to tell us what God just did in your life by texting the word SAVE to the number 25827. Uh, And if you do that, we're going to send you a Bible in the mail this week. Why are we going to do that? 
because this is the way, all right? In the Word of God, you're going to find God's plans for your life, God's plans for creation, the way God designed us to live our lives. It's all in the Word of God, okay? And, uh, and so you need to read it to learn who I am in Christ and who He is and how much He loves me and how I can get through anything and how God will never leave me, never forsake me, never give up on me. It's all in the Word of God. You're a Christian now, and if you want to become all God designed you to be, you need a Bible. So go and read, go and get that. The last thing is, um, I want you to tell me that you prayed that prayer. And, and so I'm going to count to three in a moment. Then I want you to shoot up your hand and tell me that you prayed that prayer today and you gave your life to Jesus Christ, okay? So if everybody could close their eyes and bow their heads, um, I want you to tell me, I want you to take your first faith step as a new believer today. Uh, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or for the first time in a long time and today you decided I'm coming back to Jesus, all right? If that's you on the count of three, lift up your hand. I want to know who I'm praying for. One, two, three. Shoot up your hands right now all over this place and keep them up. Keep them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 12, 13, 14, 15. Is there anybody else? Did you not put your hand up? But wish you did. Put it up now. Did you not put your hand up? Keep your eyes closed for a moment. Did you not put your hand up, but wish you did? Come on, put your hand up if that's you. Praise God. Oh, nope, you were just hugging someone. Anybody else? Come on. Awesome, all right. Let's pray for those 15 people. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for breaking the bread of your body for us. Thank you for pouring out the wine, pouring out your blood for us, Lord God. Thank you. God, I thank you that even though many of these people came to witness a friend's life being transformed, that in that environment, their lives are now transformed too. God, I ask that you bless them and protect their faith. Give them the strength to speak up and live it out. Lord God, in their hearts, I pray that you would help them to desire your way more than their way, God. Help them to discover that you are a healer, a provider. Lord God, that you are a friend, an ever-present help. You are a counsellor and a comforter. God, help them to know you. And I pray that even now, that you just fill their hearts with joy and hope. That they would now know that as a child of God, their best days are in front of them. In Jesus' name, somebody... Give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All righty. I've got a word to preach. Y'all excited about the word? Cool. If you're new here, please stay standing. We, we sit down after we read the main scripture of the day. And um, so please stay standing with us. Um, you can start turning your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 8, um, not Isaiah 23. There we go. 2 Kings chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. And on your, while you're finding that in your Bibles, I just want to say welcome to everyone who's new to Eternity Church today. Thank you for coming. We're so glad that you're here. Um, just keep coming to church. Just keep coming to the house of God. And I know that if you keep coming here to Eternity Church, you'll experience the goodness, the grace, the wonder, and the power 
of God in your life. So I'd love to see you here next weekend. Uh, But today I've got a gift for you out in the lobby there. So right after the service, go out those double doors, turn to your right. We've got a team of people waiting to bless you. So again, on behalf of my wife, Lauren and I, as the lead pastors here, we're just so thankful that you chose to come here today. And thanks for supporting your friends. If you're new for that, uh, or if you're just looking for a church, praise God. Welcome home. I believe you found it today. All right. Y'all ready for the word? Oh, oh, come on. I know we've been hypo already. Don't let that energy die down now. Come on. Y'all ready for the word? Yeah, I'm going to need you to yell at the preacher today, all right? I've been a little tired, but man, I got a fire in my belly, though, that I can't hold in, you know? Feel like Jeremiah. I got a fire in my belly that I cannot hold in. Indeed, I will not hold it in, right? Uh, so I'm excited to preach, but I'm going to need you to yell at me. Uh, I got yelled at a lot as a kid, so I do a better job at everything when I'm getting yelled at. And so, so if you're out there, just yell. This is a church where you yell at the preacher, all right? You don't yell out like you're an idiot or anything like that. We're not talking about that, though, all right? That's not nice, all right? Come on, just an amen if you're, if you're with us, yeah? And so, all right, let's go from verse 1. Here it is. You ready? Yeah, I don't think y'all know what's about to happen to you today. All right, so something's going to happen to you today because I got the word of God for you today, all right? Y'all ready? Somebody ready up the back? I don't believe it. They're not ready. Y'all ready though? Cool. Y'all ready up there now? I still don't believe it, but y'all are. Yeah, all right. All right, I'm going to come and preach with these people here, all right? Come on. No, I'm just kidding. You're all good up there. You're just further away. I can't hear you. All right. Come on. It says in verse 1, Now Elisha had said to the woman, Arise and depart with your household. Don't you love a specific word from God? Like when God's really clear. Get up and get out and get everyone. Right? I love a really clear word from God. Get up and get get out. And, and so he says to her, get up, get everyone, get out. And she, she's like, all right. And then I love, it gets a, a lot less specific. It says, and then sojourn wherever you can. Now that literally means wander around. So it starts off real specific. Hey, get up, get out. You're like, let's go. Then he's like, and, 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 and go for a walk for seven years. And sojourn wherever you can, for a famine is coming upon the land for seven years. So, I love this. So the woman got up and got out and did according to the word of the man of God. She went out with her household and sojourned, that is, wandered around the land of the Philistines for seven years. And at the end of the seven years, the woman returned to, from the land of the Philistines and she went to the king and asked for her house and her land back. Audacious. Right? Audacious. You got repoed? Can I have it back? She's audacious, isn't she? Now, at this time, the king was talking to Gazi, um, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me all the great things that Elisha, the man of God, has done. And while he was telling the king how Elisha has restored the dead to life, behold, at that moment, the woman whose son he had restored to life appeared before the king and asked for her house and land. I love a good setup in the Word of God, right? When you're talking to your friends about how good God is and right next to you, somebody gets raised to life and you're like, just like that, right? Right? 
I love it when this happens, right? And then he says to the king, O king, here is the woman and here is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him everything. So the king then appointed an official. Do you see what's happening? Appointed an official to her, saying, Restore all that was hers together with all the produce from the fields of her land from the day that she left until now. What a word! Come on, what a story. Imagine that what God is doing in your life so catches the attention of the president that he creates a cabinet position and its title is give him back everything that was his. There's an official in the king's palace whose entire job now is to get it all back and then some. Man, I want to know. I want to know how to be that person. Anybody else? Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for our great weekend so far. Thank you for your word. And I thank you that as I preach it today, that no matter what, no matter how eloquent or uneloquent that I am, that your word always is powerful. And I ask you to help me to articulate what they need to hear from you today. But, but also, God, I just pray that, that we would all, just because we're in your house and receiving your word, that we would all leave this place a little bit better than we came in, maybe inspired, reminded, encouraged, even violently shoved to, to make a change in our lives, Lord God, that we would choose to, to be a little bit more like you because we came to your house today. In Jesus' name I pray. Could someone say amen? Amen. Awesome. You may now high five your neighbor and take your seats, band. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for staying up here for so long. But I'll see you in five minutes. That's a lie. 85 minutes. What a great story, yeah? Come on, is that not an awesome story? I love this story, right? I want to know when I read this story. How do you become the sort of person that has the faith like Abraham? See, she had a faith like Abraham, right? See, the dude said to her, yo, get up and get out and wander to somewhere else that you'll find out. And isn't that what God said to Abraham? Get up and go to the land I'll show you, right? Like you just got to get up. How do you have the kind of faith that when God says, get up, give up everything that you own and get out, that you're like, yep, giddy up, let's go, Lord. Like how do you become that sort of person? That gives up everything. I want to know, how do, how do you be the one family when there's a famine in the land? How do you be the one family that completely skips the famine and then after the famine comes back, be, having eaten just fine for seven years, maybe even put on a little bit of weight while everybody else is starving? You come back a little fatter than when you left and then you go to the king and the king is like, you know what, I'm going to give you back all of your land and I'm going to give you back all the apples that your tree grew for the last seven years. How do you live like that? Right? Come on. Oh, no, this guy's got some health and wealth gospel going on. Well, God said it's a good thing to have wealth and good health to enjoy it. I'm just saying, how do I? Right? How do I get to live that kind of life? Right? 
I want to know how to be that kind of person. And so for the last couple of weeks, I've just been obsessing over it. I've been reading it. I have not read, I'm, I don't think I have. Like if you saw me somewhere else, like reading some textbook, look, I apologize. I don't think I have read anything else other than this story for the last almost two weeks. Wow. Just on it, on it, on it, on it, and on it. I, th- I just cannot stop reading about this Shunammite woman. She was the, the, the wealthy woman from Shunam. She's called the Shunammite woman. See, the reason that it's so fascinating to me is because remove God, remove all of that, and just look at it from the natural. She did not deserve a thing that she got. If you look at it from the natural, right? If you just, like, let's just be her next door neighbor that starved for seven years. Look at it from her next door neighbor's perspective. She don't deserve nothing. Nothing at all. She certainly didn't, get, didn't deserve to get the land back after she bailed. She certainly didn't deserve to get the fruit that other people harvested. She didn't deserve to get the money other people worked for. She didn't deserve to get the apples that grew from seeds that she didn't plant and weren't hers. <clears throat> she did not deserve it in the natural You look at it and you're like, you're her next door neighbor, right? And you're next door neighbor, you're a little critical of her. You're like, man, you know what she missed out on? She missed out on wars. She missed out on horses and chariots of fire. She missed out on on a famine that was so bad that in verse 29 of chapter 6, there is one woman telling another woman, "Give give us your son that we may eat your baby now and tomorrow we'll eat mine. So they ate her baby. And then tomorrow the other lady was like, psych, just kidding. And took her baby away, right? Ate her baby and ran away with her own. That's the kind of famine that this rich Shunammite woman completely missed out on. She did not deserve to have it back. If anyone deserved those 150,000 apples that grew on that tree while she was gone, that grew on her land, I should say, well, she, perhaps it's the neighbor that stuck around for the fight. Perhaps it's the neighbor that actually endured the starvation and the siege of the cities around them by the Syrians. Perhaps it's the woman who was tricked into giving up her own son and then getting tricked out of it after. Perhaps somebody else deserves those 150,000 apples, but not this woman that bailed on us all. It would be like this if, if, if you're my best friend and then my, one of my children pass away and my wife passes away and I get fired and then you leave and you're like, it's too much for me to handle. I don't want to be around you. And seven years later, you come back to me and you're like, I want to pick up where we left off. I know I haven't been there for you. I know I abandoned you in your darkest, hardest hours, but can you buy me lunch? And I'm going to stuff my foot in my car as I take you out for lunch. <clears throat> you don't deserve lunch. You abandoned me in the worst season of my life. You hear what I'm saying? She didn't deserve all of that. How do you live such a blessed life like that? I think that's a good question. I think too often we live in the carnal mind and we look at everyone else who has something good and instead of looking at them and saying, how can I get there? We say things like, it's not fair that they are there. 
right? The next door neighbor. It's not fair that she's back and it ain't fair that she's got the apples. It ain't fair. It's not fair that they skipped work and still got the favor. It's not fair that they live in that house. It's not fair that they earn that much money. It's not fair. Nobody should have. Everybody else is. We, we, we get stuck. But look, it, it doesn't matter if it's fair. We got to stop being the, the people that, that are obsessed with what's fair and what's not fair and, and who should have and who should not have and, in, and stop assuming that everybody that's got something good in their life got it by doing something wrong and just simply ask the question, how did they get there? We need to replace the jealousy in our lives with curiosity. So many people are jealous when you should be curious. Instead of being like, I wish I had that, you should be saying, how does one get that? We just assume that everybody got everything good in their lives by doing something wrong. It's such a cynical and critical and ungodly attitude. Listen, critical theory is ungodly, FYI. Any theory where you're just like, whatever I look at, I want to be critical of it, that is an ungodly attitude. And we do that so much with other people's lives and we're, we're so critical, we're so jealous Instead, I don't want to be like that. Instead, I want to know what did she do to get there? See, everybody wanted the favor on her life, no doubt about it. Everybody wants what she has in her life for sure. They all want what she has, but they don't want to do what she's done. They want her life now, but they don't want her life then. They, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, want, I want all this. But see, you know what jealousy is? Jealousy is not seeing, well, I want, I want a life like that. Uh, je- jealousy is I want a life like that, but without having to do anything they've done. That's jealousy. That is jealousy. See, this, is, this isn't jealousy. I want a life like that. Hmm, tell me, how did you get there? What did you do in your life that got you there? That's curiosity. That's being inspired by somebody, not jealous of what they have. Come on. Can I get an amen? Amen. I want to be curious, not jealous. Amen. Instead of complaining about what she's got, I want to know, lady, how did you get there? How did you get to the place where you reap the rewards from fields you didn't sow, from seeds that weren't yours? You were gone seven years. They weren't your seeds. How do you cruise through a famine and come out the other side stronger than you even walked into the famine? See, I look at our church throughout that whole COVID thing. Do you remember that from a couple of years ago? And um, I I remember that. And so I prophesied over our church and over the people in our church and over the businesses in our church that we're going to be a water-walking church. That those of us who who live in faith, not fear, that those of us who rise above the temptations of the world, that that we will be a water-walking church. We won't only walk walk on water, we're going to run. We're going to take ground as we walk on water. And I'm here to tell you, almost two years later on, that our church walked on water, baby. So many families and so many businesses, we walked on water throughout the pandemic. Come on now. Come on. It's been a good season. Our church, we got more people in our church now than we did before the pandemic because we had faith. You know what people do though? They want to look at your life and they want what you've got. 
They're like, why is it that after the pandemic, your marriage is better, your relationship with God is better, your church is better, your finances are better, your health is better. I want what you got, but I want it in the basement. They want what you've got, but they don't want to do what you did. They want what you got, but they don't want to live with that attitude that you lived with for the last two years that said, you know what? For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. An attitude like the Apostle Paul. They want what you got, but they don't want to do what you've done. So I wanted to find out, what did this incredible lady do to live that kind of life? So I start rolling through the scriptures and I'm like, where do I find her? Well, it wasn't this. She missed that baby thing. She missed the the war and the chariots and she missed the greed and the murder. She missed the outbreak of leprosy. She missed the lepers being like, we're going to die here. We're going to starve over there. We might as well go over there and ask for some food, right? She missed that. She missed Elisha, uh, you know, almost drinking a deadly stew. She missed it all. But the first time, at least coming from the, from the front to the back, sorry, from the back to the front as, we re, as we're rewinding, the first time I get to see her from that side is when her son's dead. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers and he said to his father, my head, my head. And the father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to the mother, the child sat up on her lap till noon and then he died. And so she went up and laid him on the bed. Then we rewind before that and we get to see where else was she in this story. Well, before that, we see her with no child at all, which is a big deal back then, you see. You have no child. The child is your social security. It's your, it's your Roth IRA. Your social, it's how you're going to survive when you're old. It's somebody to look after you, somebody to care for you. It didn't matter if you had all the money in the world. If you had nobody to care for you, you were bankrupt. And so this impending doom was coming to her one day because she had no children. And she trusted God. But then in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, is when we first see in the word of God the Shunammite woman. It says, One day Elisha went to Shunam, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he made it his custom that he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband one day, Behold, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a room for him on the roof with walls and put up there a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever, someone say whenever, say it like an Aussie, whenever. Whenever. There we go. Whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. Whenever he comes this way, he can go in there. Immediately, this woman recognized that there is someone who carries the word of God and I want him in my life. And she begins to sow seeds into that soil, feeding him. And so much so that the man made it a custom that he's going to go that way. When, whenever he passes through, whenever he's, he's going to come there and speak to them. She's so obsessed with wanting the word of God in her house that she built a room for the man who spoke the word of God. 
So you've got to understand that in these days, in those days, I should say, in those days, they didn't have the, the, the NIV and the KJV and the NKJV and the ESV Bibles all uh, covered in dust in their bedroom waiting to be read, something you could just pull out and read the Word of God. It wasn't like that. She didn't have that. The way that they would get almost, in, almost exclusively, almost exclusively, the way that people would hear from God was a man or a woman of God, a prophet or a prophetess would come to them and speak the word of God. And she recognized this man is a man of God. He is holy. He speaks the word of God and I want that in my life. She wasn't spirit filled. She she didn't have any of that. No, no, no. She recognized that this man speaks from God. She fell in love with the presence and the word of God. So much so that she said to her husband, let's build a room. This is before nail guns and concrete and steel workers and steel frames or, or any of this. She was just com- so committed to having God in her house that she, she built an addition on her home so that she never misses an opportunity to hear from God. You understand? This is what she's doing here. She's, I don't ever. She didn't say, I'm going to, let's build him a room because he seems like a, a wizard. She didn't say let's building him a room because he seems really wise like Einstein. She said, I am certain he is a holy man of God. Let's build him a room. Listen, if you want to hear from God before the famine arrives in your life, you need to build him a room today. So that when the famine arrives, he's already in your home. The question is, is there a room for God in your home? Or every time he wants to come and stay, do you have to, every time you need to hear from God, anytime there's an emergency in your life, do, do you need to clear off some dirty dishes off the couch and stuff him on there and be like, can you sleep on the couch? Every time you need a, uh, an emergency moment with God, you have to quickly set up a tent. Here, here, here God, here's a, here's a tent. Could you, could you just come in here for a bit? I want to hear from you. See, so many people complain that they can't hear from God. Well, their Bibles are covered in dust in the corner of their room. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, See, this is the Logos Word of God, the written Word of God. He spoke it. They wrote it. It's the, it's the Logos Word of God. But then there's also the Rhema Word of God, right? Which is God still speaks now. It's both. But everybody, they're like, I want to hear from God. I, I want to hear from God. I, I want that rhema word from God like Pastor Jesse gets, like, like Pastor Lauren gets, like Pastor Joe gets. I want that rhema word of God like my friend Tammy gets. I, I, want, I want to hear from God. I never hear from God. And, and we complain about that, but we never, ever open the Logos word of God. And we wonder why. Listen, see, when we hear from God, sometimes I know, well, you're trying to discover how to discern what is and is not God. You say things like, is this God? Am I hearing from God? And you come and ask, is this God? Well, look, we know this is God. We know that this is God. And if you don't value this, you ain't ever going to value that. Oh, I can never hear from God. Why? Because you don't care what he's got to say. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Not if your Bible's still covered in dust hidden in the corner of your room. You don't care what God's got to say. Come on. Somebody, if you dare, say amen. Amen. 
Somebody, if you dare, say boo. (laughs) Come on, listen, don't complain that you don't live in God's favor when you won't make room for God in your house. When you won't make a room for God in your life. Don't complain that that I ain't ever skipped a famine. There you go. You know why. Pastor, you got a word for me? Yeah. Read your Bible. You want a word? Read your Bible. Come on, church. I'm going to tell you right now. See, see, we're about to do a renovation, Lauren and I. We're going to renovate our house and uh, hopefully the whole house, maybe just two-thirds of it now because inflation has been really fun, right? And what we've discovered is this, that we've been planning to renovate the whole house. It's about 30% minimum more expensive now than it would have been if we had done it a couple of years ago, right? So now what we're faced with is, well, if we can't afford to do it all, right? Because one thing, I ain't going into a bunch of debt to do that. I ain't stupid, right? And so, so I'm like, all right, so we, what, what am I going to do? We're going to start prioritizing prioritizing the rooms in the house that matter the most to us. So we got a bunch of bathrooms in our house. We got flooring, we got walls, we got windows and doors, we got, we got a kitchen. And, and I know this, that no matter how much money we have, there is one room that is getting done. The one room that my wife values the most, the kitchen is getting done getting up. Why? Because it matters most. It's the most important room in our house. And when you renovate your house or when you're building a house, the rooms that matter most get done no matter what. And so some of y'all will be like, well, I value the Word of God. No, you do not. If you're not reading the Word of God, if you haven't made time for God in your life, it doesn't matter to you. If there's no room In your life for God, God does not matter to you. Listen, we're in the West. You're going to get what you want. I know you are. There ain't a person in here that wants a hot dog that ain't getting a hot dog today. The brokest person in this room, if you want a hot dog, you'll get a hot dog today. I ain't buying it, but you'll be able to figure out how to get that $1.80 to go buy your, sorry, it's 2022, that $9.40 to buy a hot dog. <laughs> Come on. Y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah. Pastor, I brought my friends and family to watch a baptism today. Can't you be nice? Yeah, this is me being nice. All right. You need to be in the word of God. All right. If it matters to you, you'll build him a room in your life. I'm not saying you're going to add a room onto your house that's all about scripture. Well, you can, but I'm saying that that, that there will be room, a room in your life for God. If you value hearing from God, you will make room for God. I'm not saying he won't help you when the famine comes if you don't have a room for him. I'm just saying you probably won't even hear him because you don't even know what he sounds like. Maybe you, you won't know what his voice is. Maybe you'll hear his voice, but you won't be used to obeying. You won't be used to following him. So when he says, give up everything you own and start walking, you'll be like, <laughs> no. Because you're not used to it. 
This woman didn't just wake up one day, hear from God and was like, giddy up, let's go. She built a room. And the, the habits of her life were to go and hear from God in that room. See, not long after she built a room, Elisha the prophet then says, man, I want to do something to bless this woman. Because by the way, when you build a room for the word of God, it's going to transform your life. And Elisha says to this woman, what can we do for you? She's like, I'm good, bro. And then, she, then so then Elisha asks his servant, what can we do for her? And he says, well, she, she ain't got no kids. And that's a big deal. She, she had a need in her life. Listen, I don't, know, I don't care how rich you are or how poor you are. There's a reason we care for the poor and needy because they're not always the same person. And you can be worth millions and still need. <clears throat> right? And so whether, whoever you're here, poor or needy, God wants to meet your needs. And he says, so then the Elisha says, speaks a word of God to this woman and he says, lady, this time next year, you'll be holding a son in your hands. See, a son represents provision, security, prosperity, safety, hope for the future. And I'm here to tell every single one of you that if you'll build a room for the Lord, that this time next year, you'll be holding a son in your hands. See, when you, when you value time with the Lord, it changes everything in your life. I want to tell each and every one of you, if you make room for the Lord, this time next year, your life will look completely different than it does today. Children. Marriage, finances, health, mental health, employment. I don't know what it is. I don't know what you lack or what you need. But I do know that everyone who makes room for the Lord experiences new birth and new favor in their life. If you find yourself continually jealous of what God's doing in other people's lives, it's time to build a room. Oh, oh, oh I don't have a set time. I just do it. No, no, no. You're, built, you're, you're setting up a tent every now and again. I just go with the flow. No, no, no. You're just throwing a tarp outside and, and, and saying, Lord, can we quickly meet in here? You, 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 what that is, that, that, that's like making God like a prostitute. I just want a few moments, but I don't want to pay anything for it. I just want, I just want some benefits, but I don't want any commitment. I, I get my time with the Lord on the freeway. No, you may be trying to, but you're probably just really trying harder not to cuss me out as I fly past you at 110 mile an hour. <laughs> right? I'm not saying don't try and pray on the freeway. Do it. I'm not saying don't try to hear the word of God on the freeway or in your car or, or definitely don't try and read it in the car. Um, but but, but I'm, I'm not saying don't do any of those things. I, I'm just saying that you're distracted and, and you're clearing some dishes off a couch or, or you're setting up a little tent here and there. But, but God has called us to build a room in our lives for the Lord. We've got to stop setting up tents and we've got to make Him a room. See, so many people, they want what everybody else has, but they're not willing to do what everybody else has done. And it's time to change, to switch your jealousy for curiosity and say, Lord, I, I want, what do I got to do to be the sort of person that gets to skip a famine, come back, get all my land back, and then some, God, what do I got to do to be that kind of person? Come on, right, church? Is this all right? Is this all right for you?
if, if it matters, then it, then it matters, amen? See, later on, her son died. And what did she do with him? She took the boy to the room that she had already built. She went where she was used to going. And she took the boy to the room where, where, where the word of God comes down, where God resided in her home. She took the boy to the place that she had built. And in that room, there was resurrection power. And the boy that was dead came alive in Jesus' name. That happened in the room, not in a tent, not on the freeway. It happened in the room. It happened because she built a room, church. We so often look at everybody else's life and we want what they've done, but we don't want to pay the price. We don't want to do what they've done. See, it even happens to pastors. People look at the pastor and they're like, you know, other pastors maybe, they're like, I want what they've got. I, love. I want to preach to, to a room this full during a pandemic or, or, or I want a church that responds when I preach or, 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 or I want to see so far, I don't know, uh, 35 salvations this weekend. I want to see 40 baptisms. They, they, they want what we've got. They want to drive my truck or they want, they want my, a family like mine, but they don't want to do what I've done. You want to know what I had to do? There was a point where I had $150,000 on my credit card for the church. You want to do that? Come on. You want to do that? Because I was committed that this is going to work. I will give up everything that we got. We gave up our renovation once before so that this place could be renovated, so that this place could thrive. You know what? And then we paid that money off ourselves. They want what you've got, but they don't want to do what you've done. Don't be like them. These same people, they, they look at the Shunammite woman and, and they, 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 they want what she's got. They, they, they want sons that are raised from the dead and they, and they, and they want to skip famines and they want to hear from God. Why, why God? Why did you, you come and you whispered to her, get up, there's a famine coming. It's not going to be over there. So get up with your family. Even wandering over there will be better than living here. Get up and go. Well, Lord, why did you tell her and not me? Because you were setting up a tent every now and again, but she built a room. Come on. I want to hear from God like he hears from God. Well, he built a room. You got to burn your tent and build your room. I know the shift workers and shift workers might be like, well, I can't do it because I start shift at a different time every day. And, and then I got this one and then it's for 36 hours. I got, we got doctors in our church, right? Got heaps of doctors. We, we got doctors, we, we, we got firefighters and, and we got cops and, and they got shift work. And it's like, well, I can't do it. No, look, there's always a reason why you can't build a room. I don't know, but I'm telling you, you need to build a room no matter what. You, 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 your room might be, my room's at 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, right? Oh, well, I go to the 
the gym then. Then build your room at 4.30 in the morning. I don't know when, but I know that you need a room, not a tent, all right? Shift workers be like, I don't know when I can do it. I, like you, I know you may be working at that time this day and not that day, where you can still say, before every shift, I go to work and I go through the room. And after every shift, I'ma come home, but I'ma come home through the room. But my kids miss me. Yeah, they miss you. But you need the Lord more than you need them right now because you're gonna be better than them if you come home through the room. You may not be able to do it the same time every day, but you can get a habit in your life where I'm going to build a room for the Lord in my life. Those kind of people walk on water, baby. Those kind of people come out the other end of a famine. And people are like, how are you healthier at the end of a pandemic? How come you got more money now than you had back then? It's not all about money, but they might ask that too. How come you grew? Why are you closer to God after all this turmoil? You're like, because I cared more about him and his word than I did about them and their word. Come on, would y'all stand up with me right now? Don't anybody walk out that door. If you do, I'm taking your name. Because we ain't done. Now, obviously, a couple of band members are going to get up and go. Don't judge them, all right? They do need to go. But don't you pretend you're one of them, all right? Anyone who walks out that door, you bring them up on stage and give them a guitar. All right. Now, the reason I'm saying that to you is this. This is a real important moment. This is a real important moment where, that's going to change your life forever. I'm, I'm actually going to be so bold that I'm going to ask you to come down the front for prayer if you haven't got a room in your life for the Lord. You need to stop trying to find room and you need to build a room. And this is going to change your life and it's going to be in front of everybody. We've got baptisms in about five minutes or so and that's going to be awesome. Really awesome. I love baptisms at Eternity Church. But that's, that part of the service is after the main service. And so right now, in a moment, sorry, I'm going to ask you to come down the front if you need to build a room. And here's what you're thinking, though. Let me, let, let me put some stuff to ease. Right now, some of y'all are thinking this. You're like, but, 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 my, but my wife, she's going to see. Listen, she already knows you ain't got a room. Because she ain't ever gone there with you. Or she's not going to be like, oh my gosh, he ain't got a room. No, listen, she's been married to you for 22 years and she ain't once ever seen you open your Bible at home. She already knows you haven't got a room, bro. The question is, will you humble yourself now and let her see that you're humble enough to say, it's time we build a room? I don't care what you've done in your past. And ladies, I hope you don't care what he has. But I think that it's time for us to say, look, she already knows I don't got a room. I might as well be honest about it. It's time for me to build a room. Ladies, you need to do the same thing. You're like, but, but now I have to admit in front of my spouse and, uh, that, 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 that I don't have a room. He knows. What, he, what he's waiting to see is if you, you're going to change it. 
Like you think that they're going to be disappointed that you're walking down. No, no, if you don't have a room, they're going to be disappointed that you didn't come down the front and commit to building a room. You're going to come down the front. We, we, I'm, I'm believing you're going to find the schematics down here. Come on, for your room. Oh, no, the, I don't want my kids to see that I'm not really praying much. They know. Do you know how they know? Because they ain't ever seen you do it. They already know. But what you could show them is that though I have not in the past been doing it, they can see that now I commit from now on that I'm going to do it, that I'm humble enough to admit I have not made my relationship with God a priority in my life. Man, I think that your kids are going to be excited to know that this time next year, it's all going to be different in your home because mom and dad committed to building a room and I think that it's one thing it's easy for you to sit here right now and be like I'm gonna build a room but I don't want it to be that easy I want it to be real and I think when we humble ourselves in front of others and march ourselves down the front and say you know what it's time I build a room so that my family can skip the next famine It's time I build a room so that we can experience resurrection power in our family, in our relationships, in our marriage, in our finances. But more important than all of that, it's time that I build a room so my kids can see, or not even so they can see, but just so that I can experience a new and exciting relationship with God. Time to build a room. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you, and trust me, there was about, I don't know, 100 people come down the front last time. They didn't really fit. Started going up the aisles. It's all good. What I want you to do is today, right now, to take a faith step. It's almost like this. See, before we build our house, we gotta, we got to meet with the builder and commit to them that we're going to pay. And by the way, you are going to pay for this. You're going to pay for it. Like, it's going to cost you to build the room. Because you go to the gym at 5.30 and, well, you might have to build the room at 4.30, you know. Or you might have to build the room every night at 9.30 when your favorite TV show is on. I don't know, but but it's going to cost you to build the room. It costs this lady to build the room. Like I said, you you want what they got? Well, how how come their finances? Well, you tipping, they're tithing. (laughs) Hello. You want what they got? Well, well, you're setting up tents. And, and trying to stay focused on the freeway, they're building rooms. So it's going to cost you, but it's going to change your life. Husbands and wives, you can humble yourselves together and be like, baby, we need to go. Do that if you want. But I'm going to ask you right now to just get out of your seat, into the aisle, walk down the front, walk into here, fill the front, and we're going to pray for you that God gives you the strength to honor the commitment you're making today to build a room for the Lord in your life. Come on down. Come on. Come on down. Come on down. There's hundreds of people. I know it. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on down. It's my first time at this church. I don't care. Come on down. Come on down. I just gave my life to Christ today. Awesome. Come on down. Let's build a room together. Come on down. Come on. Come into the middle here. Fill it up. Come on. Hallelujah.
Come on, if there's no room, just fill those altars, fill those aisles. It's all good. The main thing is you're just making a commitment. You're taking a step of faith. You're saying, I'm not going to blend. I'm going to stand out. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to build the room. Come on down. I know some of y'all also have some dead things in your life you need to take into the room, and we'll pray for you in a second. There we go. Come on down. There we go, guys. Come on down. Yeah, let's go. Come on. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome. Listen, I'm telling you right now that if you follow through, like coming down here and doing nothing, whatever. If you follow through and build this room in your life, this time next year, this time next year, this time next year, everything will be different. Amen. I see families together. I I see couples together. I see single people here. Hallelujah. Let's pray for y'all. Come on, lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that on this weekend where we thought we were coming to watch some baptisms, we're really getting to experience our own transformation. God, I thank you for every single person down here that's so humble, Lord God. I thank you for their humility that in front of everybody, they can be like, yep, I got, I got a tent. Uh, I sometimes, but I want to make a change today. God, I thank you for them. And I thank you that your grace has sustained them, that even while they have not pursued a relationship with you like they should have, that you are still Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. You're still their provider. You're still their healer. You're still their ever-present help in times of trouble, comforter and counselor. Thank you, Lord. But God, I pray today that you give them the strength and the wisdom to build a room in their lives, God. Whether it's, the, whether it's a person who can do it at the same time every day or whether it's got to be on the way to work or on the way home from work, just before I left, just when I get home, Lord God, whoever it is, I pray you speak to them right now. As they've humbled themselves, speak to them. Help them. But God, I pray you give them the strength to make the sacrifice, to pay the price to build the room in their lives. But God, I pray right now and I declare it over their lives, over every one of them that builds a room, that this time next year, they'll be able to look back and say, I saw that sickness skip over the family. I saw that famine skip over our family. I've seen that life come, that that dead part of our lives come back alive in Jesus' name. I speak resurrection life, resurrection power, power, provision, health, wholeness, freedom, joy, hope over all of their lives that this time next year, they'll be able to say it's all different now. It's all different. It's all different. God, I pray this in your name. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, Lord God. But God, I do pray. God, shake them. Wake them if they forget. That they would not break the contract they're making with you today. In Jesus' name, we commit. Amen. Amen. Someone say amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.